0: Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Monday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. So here we are, Monday morning, actually Tuesday, because this weekend was Memorial Day, so I'm recording on Tuesday morning rather than Monday. And I have to tell you that today, this morning, we launched our four-week mini-course on the Book of Job, a free course and I encourage all of you to sign up for it. We are going to have a great time with Job. Job is a deeply disturbing book, but we're going to get our hands around it over the next four weeks. So do go to the website, LogosBibleStudy.com, and sign up for the free mini-course, The Book of Job. Now, last time together, we left Abraham lying on a bed of pain. At 99 years old, he and his 13-year-old son Ishmael and all the men in Abraham's household were circumcised. You have to wonder who did the deed. <laughs> but now we turn to Genesis chapter 18. Time has passed, they've healed up, and we read, Now the Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. So time has passed, Abraham sitting on a hot afternoon beneath the oaks of Mamre, and three visitors are about to arrive. Three mysterious men. Now who could they be? When Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, and he bowed down to the earth, and he said, My Lord, if now I've found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. Please, let a little water be brought, and wash your feet. Rest yourselves under the tree. Abraham is offering hospitality to three travelers. In the ancient tradition of Zenia, hospitality is a very important element of one's life. When people travel and stop to visit, they're invited in, given a meal, given a bath, washed up, given a meal, and they talk. In fact, if you were a traveler back in these days and you were walking down that road right by the trees of memory, you would be invited by Abraham as well to sit down rest, wash your feet, and have a bite to eat, and a nice conversation." And that's exactly what happens. And notice that Abraham indicates one of them as the Lord. Clearly he's the most dominant of the three figures, but who could the Lord be? He said, sit down, wash your feet, rest yourselves, I'll bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves, and after that you may go on, since you've visited your servant. They said, Great idea. Do as he've said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it, and make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servant and he hurried to prepare it. Now the visitors are going to be there for a while because Sarah is going to make bread and the servant is going to slay the tender choice calf and prepare it for dinner. So the men sit back and they're going to have a good conversation. Abraham took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared and placed it before them, and he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. So the conversation went on, the meal was finally delivered, and they're all eating together. And then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? Now that's odd. How would they know her name? Who are these people anyhow? Abraham said, well, she's over there in the tent. And the man, said, I will surely return to you at this time next year, and behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. So she's eavesdropping on the conversation. Now, as we already know, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in years, and Sarah was long past childbearing. Abraham is 99. She's 89. So Sarah laughed to herself and she said, After I become old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord also being old? I'm old. And have you had a look at Abraham lately? I can't imagine, she said, that we would enjoy such an evening. And I can't imagine witnessing such an evening with a 99-year-old man and an 89-year-old woman. Oh, Oh, my gosh, too much information. But the Lord said to Abraham, Oh, get that, the Lord. Who is this? We're witnessing a theophany, an appearance of God in a human form. This is God who's speaking to Abraham. And he said, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I'm so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah will indeed have a son. Sarah denied it, however. And she said from the shadows, behind the door. I didn't laugh. She was afraid. And the Lord said, oh yeah, you laughed. (laughs) Then the men rose up from there, looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham was walking with them to send them off. Now the Lord, whom we've identified as God in a theophany, the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? This is an internal conversation that God's having with himself. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Well, think of this. If you're considering buying a Harley Davidson motorcycle and you think, should I tell my wife I'm going to buy a motorcycle? The obvious answer is no, because it's much easier to get forgiveness than permission. Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? I've chosen him, he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. So the Lord decided to tell Abraham. Frankly, I think that's a mistake, but he's the Lord, he can do what he wants. So the Lord said to Abraham, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grievous. I will go down now and see if they've done according to the outcry that I've heard, which has come to me. And if not, I'll know. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. Now, who are the other two men? As we'll learn, They're angels in the appearance of men. They headed off towards Sodom. Now, do we know anyone who lives in Sodom? Yes, Lot and his family, Abraham's nephew. Shall I tell Abraham what I'm about to do, given that his nephew Lot lives there? Abraham stepped forward and he said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Now there's a little nuance here that we should note. Abraham stepped forward. That is, he's within conversational distance of God and Abraham stepped closer. Now you would think if you were going to talk with God, that you would step backward and perhaps bow or kneel. But Abraham stepped forward and got right up in God's face. And he said, will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? He's thinking particularly of Lot and his family. And Abraham continued, well, suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked. So the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So now Abraham recognizes this theophany. He recognizes that he's speaking to God. And he had the chutzpah to step forward right into God's face and call him on it. The Lord said, All right, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. And Abraham stroked his beard and he said, Now that I've ventured to speak to the Lord, although I'm dust and ashes, suppose the 50 righteous are lacking five. Will you destroy the whole city because of five? The Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 righteous people there. Again, Abraham stepped a little closer and he said, suppose 40 are found there. And the Lord said, I will not do it on account of the 40. Then he said, may may the Lord not be angry and, and, and I'll speak. Suppose 30 are found there. And the Lord said, I won't do it if I find 30. And then Abraham said again, getting a little closer, Behold, I ventured to speak to the Lord, to God. Suppose 20 are found there. And the Lord said, I won't destroy it on account of the 20. And then Abraham said, "Uh, Excuse me, may may the Lord not be angry? I'll speak only this once. Suppose 10 are found there. And the Lord said, I will not destroy it on account of the 10. Well, as soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Lord departed and Abraham went into the house. Hmm. Abraham's bargaining with God. He went from 50 to 45 to 40 to 20 to 10. Why did he stop at 10? The next number in the sequence would be five. Why didn't Abraham say, Excuse me, Lord, let me venture to speak one more time. Suppose there are five. But Abraham didn't do it. Because if God said, I won't destroy it on account of the five, and then he destroys Sodom, that means that Lot and his wife and his three daughters, five, and their husbands, 6, 7, 8, would be destroyed, and Abraham would know that they were among the unrighteous at Sodom. So even though Abraham had the chutzpah to get in God's face and bargain him down, he was afraid to go to five. Now in chapter 19, The two angels came to Sodom. Now we identify them specifically. They came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. The men who sit at the city gate are the businessmen of the town, the leaders of the town, and Lot is one of them. And when Lot saw the two angels, the two men, angels in human form, he rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. And he said, Behold, my lords, please turn aside into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. Exactly what Abraham said to the Lord of the two angels, offering, offering Zenia hospitality. They answered, No, no, we'll spend the night in, in the square. Yet he urged them strongly, So they turned aside to him and entered the house. He prepared a feast for them, baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, and all the people from every quarter. And they called to Lot, and they said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. What? The men of the town want to have sex with the two angels in human form, men? This is where we get the term sodomy. But Lot went out to them at the doorway. He shut the door behind him. He said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not had relations with, man, with a man. Please, let me bring them out to you. And, and do to them whatever you like. Only do nothing to these men inasmuch as they've come under, my, under the shelter of my roof. Now we got to pause here. When you offer zinia, hospitality, to a person, and they enter your home, you have the obligation to protect those people while they're in your home. Lot recognizes this. We see this all throughout ancient literature. In the Iliad, the Odyssey, for example. You protect the guest with your very life. But Lot says, you can't have them. But here, take my two daughters. They're virgins. You can do whatever you want to them. Well, thank you very much, Papa. But the man said, stand aside. This one came as an alien and already he's acting like a judge. Now we'll treat him worse than them. So they're going to rape Lot too. So they pressed hard against Lot and came near to breaking down the door. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. So the angels pulled Lot back in the house and closed and locked the door. They struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they were weary themselves trying to find the doorway. Now look at that scene. All these men of Sodom out there trying to break down the door when suddenly they're all blind. They can't see the door. Then the two men said to Lot, Who else do you have here? A son-in-law and your sons and your daughters and whomever you have in the city. Bring them out of this place. We're about to destroy the entire city because their outcry has become so great before the Lord that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Lot went out, he spoke to his sons-in-law who were to marry his daughters. And he said, up, get up out of this place. The Lord will destroy the city. But he appeared to his sons-in-law to be insane, joking. When morning dawned, the angels urged Lot saying, up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here with you, or you'll be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he hesitated. So the men seized his hand and the hand of his wife and the hands of his two daughters, for the compassion of the Lord was upon him. And they brought him out and put him outside the city. And When they had brought them outside, one said, run for your life, don't look back, and do not stay anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains, the eastern mountain range, the mountains of Edom. Lot said, no, no, my lords. Now Behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you've magnified your loving kindness, which has shown me by saving my life. But I can't escape to the mountains. The disaster will overtake me along the way. I'll die. They're too far away. Look, this town is near enough to flee to. There's a small town over here. Please let me escape to it. it it's, it's, it's tiny. It's small. And then I'll save my life. He said to him, Behold, I grant you this request also, not to overthrow the town of which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there. I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of that small town was called Zoar. Now the sun had risen over the earth when Lot came to Zoar. And then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah, fire and brimstone from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But his wife, from behind him, looked back and she became a pillar of salt. So Lot and his family flee to the little village of Zoar. But his wife had just ordered new curtains for the house and new carpeting for the floor. And they were to be delivered this very day. And she didn't want to leave Sodom. She liked living there. So as they're running out, hurrying away, she looked back. And boom! Became a pillar of salt. When we travel to Israel, we visit the Dead Sea. The site of Sodom and Gomorrah are southeast of the Dead Sea. Pretty close by the archaeological remains, if indeed there are any, are thought to be right in that area. The Dead Sea is 35% mineral salt, the saltiest body of water on earth. And the Dead Sea is quite large. It's the lowest place on earth as well. And in the summertime, I've been there in the summertime, when the temperature tops 120. All that flat surface area of the Dead Sea, the water evaporates from it. And when you're standing on Masada, the fortress overlooking the Dead Sea that Herod the Great built, and you're there in the summertime, and it's 120 degrees, you can see the water rising off the Dead Sea evaporating into the atmosphere. And it leaves behind the mineral salts. In fact, in the earlier days, not so much now because they mine those mineral salts now and break up the the clusters of salt. But when I would go there early on back in the early 1990s, you would see all along the shore of the Dead Sea at the southern edge, pillars of salt formed by the evaporation, the water evaporating into the air and leaving the minerals behind. And Mrs. Lott turned into one pillar of salt. And indeed, as we drive back north on the western side of the Dead Sea, toward the southern edge, there's a very large salt pillar that looks for all the world, like a woman. That's Lot's wife, we always say. So she didn't go. She turned into a pillar of salt. Now Abraham arose early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land ascended like the smoke of from a furnace. That entire area is volcanic. And I'll bet what happened is you had an eruption, boom, and it blew Sodom right off the map and rained down fire and brimstone. Thus it came about when God destroyed the cities of the valley that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in what in which lot lived so three men god and two angels appearing in human form visit with abraham abraham offers them Zaniah hospitality they eat together they have a conversation and god said should i tell abraham what i'm about to do and he did and abraham Bargain God down. Well, what if there were 50 righteous men? He gets down to 10, but he won't go below that. Because if Lot and his family are destroyed, he knows they're not righteous. So I have to ask at the end of this podcast, are Lot and his daughters, the only three survivors, the sons, the sons-in-law, potential sons-in-law, have mocked Lot and stayed behind. Lot's wife turned to a pillar of salt and now we have Lot and his two daughters. Are they righteous or are they unrighteous? We shall see on Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered.